Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hi, guys. Very, very exciting episode of the snooze button today. So we have our my first ever guest. I don't think Alex, my husband, counts as a guest. He was really just someone in my kitchen who was talking to me. Um, but Michelle is a real serious guest. So I will let Michelle talk about herself, but I discovered her because she had really, really adorable photos of her kids' meals. And I found it inspiring when I realized that my oldest, who's now five, was in preschool and he was gonna have to like eat lunch several days a week at school and I didn't know how to pack them. Um, and so I got some inspiration from her. We started following each other. She was asking me some questions about her son's sleep. And I was like, you know what? This would be a great way for me to ease into the whole having a guest thing because everyone asks me questions about food and I'm not a food expert. Michelle, this is more where she sits in the child space. So Michelle, welcome. Thank you for having me. This is fun. <laughs> Super fun. Hopefully we get this recording right. We're doing this remote recording. So everyone <laughs> buckle up. Hopefully, hopefully it goes smoothly. <laughs> so Michelle, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, how you got started with the Feeding Our Toddlers Instagram account, all that good stuff? Sure. So originally I had a recipe blog, you know, I was working full time. I was doing fashion PR in my previous before child life. And um, I had a food blog. It was just a passion project. Um, and then we had Jack, who is almost five. Um, and when he was about one and a half, I decided to make this turn from my regular food blog and change it into a baby and toddler food blog, because really all I was doing was feeding him at that point, like barely making like normal food. Um, so I, you know, developed my own website where I have all my recipes. I also feature other, you know, moms in the food space and share, you know, one of their recipes that their family loves. Um, and then on my Instagram, I post a lot about, of course, the recipes, uh, snacks, what they're eating every day, my son's lunches for preschool, products that I love. Um, so it's been a couple years now and it's um, grown. It's been really exciting. And now I have my second who is 14 months. So going through the whole process of solids and now entering those toddler uh, food stage all over again. Um, so it's oh, exciting yeah. to now explore this with a, with a different baby. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's been fun, but I, you know, I'm not, I do want to caveat, you know, I'm not a pediatrician, you know, clinically trained nutritionist. This is a mom who is food obsessed, um, you know, very love the experience of introducing solids, kids eating, um, and just sharing my journey with that. That's awesome. I feel like you're the type that if you were at a mommy and me class, everyone would just be like huddled around you asking questions. So I think like, sometimes oh, people don't even want like an expert necessarily. They want yeah. like, I want somebody else who's like doing this at the same time as me and is just much more passionate about it and much more knowledgeable. Um, so what would you say, because now that you have two kids and I found this to be true with sleep as well, like you gain your confidence in your kind of area the first time around, but then in some ways I think a second kid is like, now you're putting all of your expertise to the test. So like what, what has changed now with your youngest that you're doing differently um, or like that you're doing more smartly, I should say, 
um, with him than you did with your first now that you have all this experience? Yeah, I think just being a lot more easygoing when I introduced solids and the pressure of that, you know, I think with Jack, it was, okay, how many foods has he tried? I had like in my notes, like every single type of food he ate, um, trying to introduce as much as I could. And in turn, he is now almost five and just would love to have grilled cheese every night. You know, so it's like, I realize it's like, okay, them having like an artichoke one time when they're eight months old is not going to do anything. Um, I think that pressure, you know, there's a lot of like a hundred foods under one and it's a, it's a lot of pressure and it sets you up for failure. And I think with Lucas, my second, he's just eating what we eat. Like there are foods that I'm not going to buy just so that he can have a taste of it. One meal when he's eight months old, nine months old or whatever age he eats what we eat. You know, I'll give him like, you know, make him separate vegetables or I'll make him separate meatballs or something just so he has other things. But like, this is stuff that we would always eat and we would always have in the house and we would always buy normally. So I think it's taking that pressure off for yourself of, okay, if your family like is, doesn't eat beef and you'll never eat beef, then like, you don't have to go crazy with like making it for your baby when you will never eat it as a family you know, something like that. I think yeah. it's just more of like, take the pressure off, have fun with it. You know, Jack's pediatrician, when I started solids, like she was great and she was very more like liberal and lax with it all. But she told me, it was like, she's like, have fun. Just don't give them honey until they're one. And that was it. She was like, have fun. If you're having takeout, give them some takeout. Like it was just very set me up to not be so stressed about it. Cause I feel it's a very stressful thing of, you know, which way you're serving it, how you're giving it to them. Are they eating enough? Are they eating, you know, enough of a type of food? Um, so that helped me with Jack, but you know, still crazed in the sense of trying to get him to eat, um, a ton of different foods. So with Lucas, it's like, okay, you're going to have the same meal as Jack. Like if Jack, like last night I made spinach grilled cheese, I gave that for Lucas too. Will he eat other things more than that? Yes. But I'm not making two different dinners. You know, it's, it's much more of like Lucas will have a lot of the same foods as Jack. Am I making his variety more? Not really, but it's okay because you know what? That's all I can make. I'm not making all these different meals all day. <laughs> you know, and I think, I mean, I have like two takeaways from that. One is like maybe a good excuse to level up your family's palate, right? Because to your point, like if you're giving your baby spinach and beets and beans, but the family's eating Shake Shack every night chances are in two years, they're just going to want Shake Shack. So that's yeah. a good opportunity for maybe all of us to eat a little bit more healthy. Um, I do get a lot of questions about, you know, families with multiple kids, like what you just described, trying to make two meals, trying to fit everything in. So like, what's your process for meal planning um, for like, you know, preparing because two kids is hard, right? It's, it's hard to like yeah. plan meals for that for your entire week shopping for it. What are some like low, low entry suggestions you have for people to manage that? So I'll start off by saying that we do not meal plan because I would love to be that person that's like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this is what we're eating. But we're just not like that. I think because when we lived in the city for so long, it was just, we would almost go grocery shopping every day because that yeah. was just kind of like the culture and how it was. And now we live in the suburbs, like we'll do grocery shopping once a week. Um, 
but I don't like, I just can't do that. Cause I don't know. We're just not that type of family, but what I do is I prep vegetables for the week, um, which helps with different sides. So like if, you know, for example, yesterday I made spinach grilled cheese. I had vegetables prepped already. And so Lucas had a lot more than Jack did. Jack had, you know, carrots, but like Lucas had other vegetables that I had prepped. So that makes it really easy for me. So I will roast carrots. I'll roast broccoli. I will chop up raw carrots, raw peppers. Um, I always have spinach because I will add spinach to like as much as I can. So I have that ready to go in the fridge which makes the sides portion of it a lot easier. Um, and then I'll usually make a batch of meatballs that I'll have, you know, some in the freezer, some in the fridge as kind of like go-tos like for an easy lunch, like if Jack's at school and I have that for Lucas. So it's kind of more of like making sides of vegetables, having like some meatballs, something that's prepped in the freezer. That's kind of one of those like easy grab and go. Um, and then some sort of like snack, like muffin or cookie, for Lucas that I have ready for the week. So between vegetables, kind of like a protein and a snack, every week I kind of rotate those things. Um, and then I kind of just figure out the meals like on the fly. Um, but having the vegetables ready is definitely helpful. That's great. That's inspiring to me because I'm also not a person who's going to have like a chart listing out yeah, the no. entree and side and dessert for every day of the week. So I'm that's really good advice for busy families. You can do a couple of things in advance, it sounds like, that just make it easier, yeah. especially healthy things. Because I think a lot of us are good at grabbing like pouches and granola bars, but that's not the healthiest choice. So I love that. I'm, I'm personally inspired by that. Um, okay, so... Babies under a year, I am asked all the time what foods, do, what snack ideas, what food. I think parents are just overwhelmed by like what to give babies under a year. So let's assume we don't have a toddler. Um, there isn't another like maybe maybe the family isn't eating together because a lot of families with only one kid, the baby will go to bed and then the parents eat dinner afterwards. So what do you suggest kind of in those scenarios when the baby's eating alone? Yeah, I mean, that... That's where you can have fun. Um, you know, my husband and I, for the most part, six days a week, we'll eat together after the boys go to bed. Um, it's, it's just impossible and too stressful to eat all together. Um, so things that, again, things that you will buy, things that you as a family will eat, so you're not buying all this food and it ends up being wasted. Um, but having fun, like, Meatballs, I love because you can make a batch. And like I said, you can freeze a bunch, have some in the fridge. I like making like batches of sauce, like a meat sauce, like the same. Mm, Anything yeah. that you can freeze some of, have some in the fridge. So it's easy to make like one serving of it. You know, pull out one meatball, pull okay. out like a little jar of sauce. Um, like I said, having vegetables prepped and ready to go. Um, you know, that stuff makes it easy on you. Um, and then having fun, like I do different types of pastas cause that's easy enough, you know, raviolis, um, there's really good pastas now that are made with like chickpeas and lentils and vegetables, like getting a lot of nutrition in, like, that's also my focus too. Like, yes, divvying up what they're eating, but having like a, the most nutritious form of that. So like, instead of like a regular flour pasta, I'll do like a chickpea lentil pasta, 
Um, so they're getting, you know, the iron and more nutrition in there. Um, eggs, great. Pancakes are another thing that I make where I can have a bunch in the fridge and like warm it up in the toaster, you know, for breakfast, you know, that's, that's easy enough. It's just things that you don't want to just make it so complicated on yourself. Even if you don't have another kid, like it's a lot to like feed a tiny human and like feed them all their meals and yourself and work and whatever else you have going on. Um, so just making really nutritious items, things that you can freeze, things that you can keep in the fridge, things that you can make ahead of time. Um, that will really, I think, save you and keep you less stressed instead of feeling like you have to make, you know, everything from scratch, like every meal. Um, that was kind of just like the way to keep it easy and, and get through it, but still giving, you know, really nutritious foods throughout the week. I love that. I see. I'm personally, this is like a sneaky way of me just getting like a private consult about food with you. <laughs> I love the idea of like, instead of the flour pasta, you do like the lentil pasta. I think that's great. Um, just finding ways to get nutrition in, not even for a baby, but for big kids too. I think yeah. That's you know, I never really paid attention to ingredients until Jack was born. Like it was just one of those things I just didn't pay attention to. I didn't care about, like I would look at the nutrition label, but now, like, I don't even look at the nutrition label. It's all about, like, what's actually in the product. Um, and even, like, Jack, like, he's five. He has, you know, a lot of stuff he used to eat. He does not eat anymore. So it's giving him, okay, if we make a grilled cheese, I use sprouted grain bread, you know, whatever cheese, and I'll chop up spinach and put in it versus, like, a white bread no vegetable, you know, it's like, okay, if I'm going to make grilled cheese, it's going to be as healthy as I can make it. So at least he's getting more in him. Um, so that's what I do with like kind of, you know, everything, even peanut butter and jelly, the sprouted grain bread, you know, I'll do almond butter, peanut butter, whatever it is. And then like a chia jam, or I'll sprinkle like hemp seeds in the sandwich. Like the, the littlest things that these kids eventually will only want to eat you can still up it and know that they're getting they're getting fats, they're getting iron, they're getting protein. And like, yes, it's fine if they're having peanut butter and jelly, but it's like the best one they can eat, you know? Yeah, totally. And then given all of that, given how healthy they're eating on a day-to-day basis, what is your policy? You know, let's say it's someone's Halloween party on Friday after school and it's just like candy corn, milk duds, cotton candy, you know, it's like everything disgusting and terrible. What's like, do you have rules with them about that? Like, how do you handle, you know, places? Cause I feel like we have this issue all the time where there's just like crap everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I don't want to be that parent. That's like, you're at a party and like, no, you can't have that. Um, I think, are they eating that every single day? Absolutely not. You know? So if they're going to be, they're going to be exposed to it. Like he goes to school you know, they have goldfish there. That's something that we don't, you know, have at home or whatever it is. They're going to be exposed to it. They're going to eventually eat it. I don't want him to feel like scared or crazed about it or like, or in turn, it makes them more obsessed with it. Um, so yeah, if we're at a party and like, yes, okay, great, fine. You know, Halloween, my thing is like, he's going to come home. He can eat whatever he wants. And there's gonna be a point where I'm like, okay, like now we got to like get ready for bed. Um, but I'm not going to be like, I'm taking all the Halloween candy away and you can only have, you know, the random healthy things that you might've picked up. Um, because that's not fun either. And it also just makes them more obsessed with it. Um, so, but like if I take him grocery shopping, you know, he'll like, of course there's things he gravitates towards. 
but I think it's still important to educate them of like, listen, this product like has things in it that aren't as good for your body. So instead we're going to get this one, you know, to me, I still want to communicate that. I know there's other people in this space out there that are like, eat whatever you want and like have a positive experience with all food. Like, but for me, it's like, I don't want him to think that certain foods are okay when it's filled with artificial garbage. Like, I don't want him to think that's okay. Cause it's not. Yep. I agree. I think that's, and that's on the brands. Like only like, you know, parents can only do so much, right? Like you can only, you're exposed to whatever you are in your own stores, in your own town. There's only so much you can do. Um, but that's on the brands. I mean, the brands are feeding this stuff to us. So there's only so much control we have, but if you are able to get something else and show them the difference, great, because I feel like it's important and they should know that. Oh, absolutely. And the older they get, the more context you can give them. You know, this, yeah. this makes us feel energized. This makes us feel tired. This makes yeah. us feel sluggish, right? Even at five, I think they're ready to understand those things. Um, okay. Well, not surprisingly, we got a ton of questions for you. So I just picked a couple that were like reoccurring themes, the same kinds of things coming up a lot that I think will help the most families. Um, so you want to dig into them? Sure. All right. Do it. Do it. Let's mm -hmm. do it. All right. Elise, she asked, my three-year-old refuses to eat vegetables. I'm continuing to offer. It just seems wasteful. What should we do? Yeah, I get that. Um, my thing is like, you don't want to stop. Like, I understand you don't want to waste it, but also you don't want to stop because the moment that your child doesn't have a vegetable put in front of them for weeks and weeks, like, you're going to put it in front of them again. They're going to be like, what is this? I don't want this, you know? Yes. So a little at a time, you know, also getting them involved with prepping, even if they won't eat a carrot, like let's peel the carrot or let's chop the carrot or can you help me count the carrots? Like just making it fun, even if they're not going to eat it, they're still being exposed to it and they're seeing you eat it, which I think is important. And also this is, will help. I think a lot of the questions too, that we're going to have the Daniel Tiger episode about trying new foods and where they go, I think it's season one or two, where they go in the vegetable garden at school. That episode is like magic. Like, I don't know. Like, it was a genius way they did it. Like, affected Jack so much. Like, one time after we watched that episode, he was running around the kitchen trying to find new foods to try. And we'd try one bite. I like lined it up. He's like, I'm up. And he was like willing to do it. Like I gave him like a scoop of quinoa and he like spit it out, but he like wanted to eat it. Like it made it fun. It wasn't like, you need to eat this. I'm putting it on your plate. You can't get up until it's done. You must take one bite. Like that episode, I feel like everyone should just throw it in front of their kid like every day because it is. Okay, done. What done it has tonight. done to Jack, it's like, it's great. Like he made it fun for him. And we'd sting the food. If you try new food, because it must taste good. You know, that song. Um, so just make it fun. That's like my biggest thing. It's like, I don't like to force anything. You know, you can't leave the table until you eat that. Or if you eat your carrot, I'll give you a cookie. Like, I don't like that. Just making it fun. If you even put just like one strawberry, or not a strawberry, because we're not talking about fruits. Um, like one slice of pepper or one little thing of broccoli that you're already eating or having, that's all you got to do. Just have it exposed, 
get them in the kitchen with you, even bring them to the grocery store, showing them, you know, the vegetables, like which vegetable is orange, which is yellow, like just anything to make it fun and keep it in the conversation. I love that. And I think it's a really good point to focus on just trying because I think that's such a common frustration is like, if only you would eat this little piece of broccoli or of chicken or whatever, you would realize that it tastes good, but they just refuse to even put it in their mouth. So just getting kids to a place where they're willing to try things, I think is awesome. Um, And I know it's hard, like it's hard. Like even when I say this, like to you, like there are times where I would be like, Jack, like, can you please like at least just try it? And like, I catch myself and I'm like, all right, cause what is one, one bite that he's not gonna like gonna do? So it's, I mean, believe me, it's very tough, but when you can make it fun, I think that's your best, best approach. <laughs> and keep going. Yeah, and I would say to Elise with the wastefulness at, at our house, when the kids don't eat stuff, it usually goes in my mouth or my husband's. Yeah. My husband is like a goat. He would eat like everything out of the trash can. So, yeah. you know, hopefully. I've started to position to Jack because I think he's at the age now. You know, obviously when they're younger, they don't understand. But like I say to him, you know, there are people in this world who don't have food to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, we don't want to waste food. And also I need you, but also listen to your body. If you do not have room in your tummy for this, like I don't want to put it on your plate. You know, because those things he'll ask for all these things, then he won't eat it. I'm like, like I'm full, and I'm like, well, you just asked for all this stuff. So if you know that you do not have room in your tummy, let's not waste it. And also, you know, if he wants more food, you know, I'll say to him like, we'll finish dinner, and he'll want a snack. And I'm like, you just had dinner, and he's like, well, I'm still hungry. And I'm like, okay, if you if you feel still hungry, I want you to listen to your body, you know. But like, you yeah. can't like it's hard, you know, you want, you don't want them to not listen to their bodies and, and all of that. Um, or well, especially because our generation, like we grew up so many of us, I certainly was in this family where like, you know, no, no hate, no shade on my parents, but it was very much a like, here's dinner. Everyone has to clean their plate. Yeah. Which like as somebody who still doesn't have a huge appetite, that was like slightly traumatic for me. I I'm fine. But like, you know, there were definitely times where like, I just really didn't want to eat anymore. And I felt like I had to. So I think that's a great point is like teaching kids to listen to their bodies, you know, and also like having the feeling of hunger, like you were given a choice to eat dinner if you didn't eat it. Like now, you know, tomorrow. Yeah. You maybe have some vegetables. Yeah. Um, Okay. That leads very timely into the next question. Carly said, is it okay for toddlers to only like two or three things and eat them repeatedly? I need any and all picky eater suggestions. So maybe this is not specific to vegetables, just, you know, one of those kids who only wants chicken nuggets. We all know that. Yeah, you know, it's crazy how the eating, how dramatically it can change. Like from, you know, Jack, when he was, I feel like, Maybe when he started to turn three, that's when it started to go downhill. Like he would eat everything. I mean, he doesn't eat meat anymore. Like the only meat he'll eat now is bacon. Like he used to eat steak, pork chops, chicken, red sauce, like everything. And it's just like, it's just normal, you know, clearly because everyone goes through it at this age, I feel like. Um, But I think it's, you know, just say your kid only likes, you know, peanut butter and jelly or and ravioli and chicken nuggets, you know, whatever it is, it's, you know, making those, but maybe changing up the sides or changing up the bread, 
changing up, you know, the type of ingredients you're using in the peanut butter and jelly, maybe changing it from a regular ravioli to a spinach ravioli, like kind of taking those core meals that they really like and slowly making little changes, integrating the size. Like that's where I think you can have the, the most wins or the most exposure is like, okay, if he loves peanut butter and jelly for dinner, don't just put something completely different on his plate, give him that. But then, you know, put some different vegetables or fruits or cheese or whatever it is on the side to expose him to different things that way. So it's not so, you don't want to be like so drastic with it. Yeah. Um, and then helping in the kitchen. I feel like that's the biggest thing, even if they're not going to make it like, or I mean, I'm sorry, even if they're not going to eat it, you know, just helping in the kitchen and being exposed to these different meals. You know, like I know Jack's never going to eat a salad anytime soon, but when I have a salad, like, oh, do you want a bite of my salad? Like, oh, look what's in it. Like he's, I know he's going to say no, but I, you know, just, he's at least like seeing it and seeing me eat it and me enjoy it. So that's how I think I would approach that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it's, you're actually making me think about, I read somewhere and I thought it was such a good point. They were talking more about kids and screen time, but I'm going to land this plane. Um, and they were saying, you know, like if you're a parent who's attached to their phone 24 seven and you're like, why is my kid always on their iPad? Why don't they ever want to read like so much? Like, yeah, you can tell your kids what to do, but so much of it is what you're doing, right? Like they model our behavior. So if you're someone who's excited about cooking, or at least can pretend to be excited about cooking in my case, um, but they're involved, you're letting them help out. You're making it fun. You're eating lots of different things. Totally. Like that feels like the best way to get your kids to understand and to be interested in doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. So I totally get that. Um, okay. A couple of like baby, we'll just do two more questions. Um, before everyone abandons us here. Um, so Elizabeth asked, my son is almost 10 months old and is still just not into solids. He's had a lot of exposure. How do you get them interested in eating? So I don't know, obviously, which way they're approaching solids. Um, but I think, you know, if you're only doing purees, you know, maybe trying some sort of baby led weaning approach, or if you're doing baby led weaning and it's not working, you know, some sort of puree approach, I think, you know, some babies might be, they might not like a puree, but if you give them like a piece of like a roasted sweet potato, they might be like, oh, like I like this way now, you know? Um, I think it's just really just changing, changing it up. You know, with Lucas, we did a whole mosh of approaches. Um, you know, we gave, we started off at four months with him. So he was young, but we started out with purees and then I would do more like mashes, like thicker textures. Um, you know, he didn't really love like picking up like a whole piece of food, like how in baby led weeding, you might do like a big chunk of like avocado or a big right. spear of sweet potato. He really didn't like love that as much, but once he got his like pincher grasp, mm-hmm. that's where he really felt comfortable, like picking it up that way. So that can be a thing too. It's like once, you know, and I think at 10 months they have that, um, that type of grass, but it's like cutting it in a different way. Like just ch- try all different things because there's no one right way, one wrong way. It's whatever works for your baby. You know, like at a certain point, Lucas didn't like to be spoon fed anymore. Yeah. You know, so then you pivot to a different way. Um, but I think if, if nothing is working at that point, definitely talk to your pediatrician. But I think just the way you change it up because they might 
not like a big piece of food. They might like it small. They might actually like a puree. They might not want to chew food yet. So you just got to trial and error. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I would add too for this question that we're making sure you're not offering so much liquid food, meaning formula or breast milk, that yeah. they like don't have the stomach for it. Because I'll occasionally see that with clients where, you know, the kid's guzzling like 10 ounces every few hours of milk. And it's like, well, no wonder they're not hungry. Yeah. And I think too, to to that, because that's a good point as well. But um, looking at when you're offering the food, you obviously don't want them starving if they're not comfortable with solids yet. Um, But they're not full from a bottle or breastfeed. You know, they need to be hungry, but not like starving where they're going to like freak out. Um, So play with the time of that too. Like I think with with Lucas, we would do his solids, um, you know, like at like his dinner time, like that, like we only started with like one meal and then we gradually, you know, got up to two and three, but you have to also find that's another trial and error of like what time of day works where they're not tired, you know, maybe it's after a nap, you know, give a little milk or a little, you know, they're not so full, they're not tired and they're not starving. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I usually suggest when families are at like at this age, like 10 months doing about an hour after their bottle or nursing session. So that to your point, it's not like yeah. right before they're sleeping and they're just cranky, but they've had a, enough time to get hungry. I think that's a really good yeah. point. Okay. Another last question, our baby question. So Hannah asked when introducing solids, do you suggest preloaded spoons or letting a baby fully feed themselves or both? It sounds like both is kind of what you said. Is one option better than another for developing fine motor skills? Yeah, I think you just do, I think mixing it up is totally fine. Like I, I, like I said, I did a mixed approach, you know, just whatever worked for Lucas you know, I stopped doing the spoons when he was like annoyed by it and didn't want to have me feeding him anymore. He wanted to feed himself. So you kind of just go off of them. I think, you know, now I have to start reintroducing the utensils to him because now he's excited for it. Like when I put something on a fork now at 14 months, he's like into it. Um, So you'll eventually you'll get there. You know, I think there's no wrong way or right way. I think if you mix it up, that's totally fine. It gives your child, you know, different experiences and also doesn't put so much pressure on you. So it's like, do whatever is working for your child to eat um, and is happy eating. I love that. Because I do think so many parents get really hung up on should I do purees or baby led weaning? And I've always told people like, it's not some like black and white thing where you have to pick a lane and then your only option is to give them like a liquid oatmeal or a baby back rib. Like you can do what works for them, do a mix of the two. Um, My biggest takeaways from everything that you've told us today, which has been so helpful is that exposure, keeping it fun and getting them involved is your best bet. Definitely. I think, yes, especially keeping it fun. Do not the pressure and forcing to eat or any of that, like it's just not going to make eating enjoyable at all, you know? So keeping it fun, doing whatever you can do, um, is great. You know, that, that will make the food experience better for everybody. I love it. And also too, if you go into my Instagram at feeding our toddlers, I have um, a highlight that is for Lucas solids 
And it's basically all the meals I've saved in there from when we started. You know, I think his first taste of food was like marinara sauce. <laughs> but like the first thing he had up until he turned one. So you can definitely get ideas and you can see the different. Um... Sorry, did that ding come through? It's real life. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so in that highlight, you can see all the different meals that I gave him up until he turned one um, and get exam, you know, different ideas. But you can see that things were mashes, things were pureed, things were regular food, things were chopped up differently, um, but can help with some inspiration ideas in there. That is great. I am going to share that. Well, you just shared it now, but I'll share it on Instagram as well, because I think that is going to help so many people. People just need ideas. They just don't know where to start. They're yep. just staring at the fridge with a blank face. So that's going to be amazing. Um, okay. I certainly am very, uh, this has been illuminating. That's what I should say. <sighs> Any last thoughts? What would you tell a nervous mom starting solids or with a toddler who's picky or who doesn't have a very good diet themselves and wants their kids to be better? What are your parting words of sage, sage advice? I think as much as you can, don't let the craziness of what's posted on social media and what other parents are doing get to you. Um, you do what works for your family. Have fun with it where you can. Don't. It's it's a stressful experience if you let it get to you that way. Don't put the pressure on yourself of serving all these different foods. You know, it's going to be okay. Um, they are going to gag. They're not choking. They're gagging. Um, it's going to happen. You know, it's, it's, it's going to happen and you'll be okay. Um, yeah, just have fun. Don't feel the pressure. If they have the same thing to eat a couple days in a row, it's okay. You know, you got to do what you can do to stay sane. Um, have fun and uh, enjoy it now before they're four and just want pretzels. <laughs> I love it. I can attest to that. Um, okay. This has been amazing, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. This was fun. So fun. I think it's talking and talking. It's like, all right, we got to end it at some point, I guess. I know. Well, that's why I'm with my solo ones. I just ramble on and on. I just got to at some point, like cut the head off the beast. Um, but this has been great. I think this is my longest episode ever. And I think, I think oh. the best one, I'm just going to say it now. Yay. So this will go live and everyone's going to have the best time with their cooking and shopping and feeding now because of you. So thank you so much for joining us. And you guys can find Michelle at feeding our toddlers on Instagram and her website is linked there for food inspo and ideas. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Loving the snooze button. Be sure to subscribe. So you don't miss a single episode and please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it. So make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.